everybody, and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge, and joining me today, I have a Jer. Hello. And a Wheeler. Hot dog mama. A reminder, this podcast is brought to you by you, with your support over the Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Welcome to our Zendikar Rising Part 3 set review. A reminder, this is a Canadian Highlander review, so this is not exhaustive. We're not talking about every single card. We're not even talking about every single color. Today, we're only talking about green and gold, and all of the cards are going to be reviewed from this format's perspective. So if it's good in modern or vintage or limited, not nah, only care about our particular stack of 100 cards. Let's dive into it with Ancient Green Warden. Six mana, five, seven elemental for four green green has reach. Ooh, ooh, you may play lands from your graveyard. Go on. If a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Serge, I have two words for you. Uh-huh. Grazing Glade Heart. I know. Can you imagine every time you play one land, that humble antelope gives you four life? It's unbeatable. Is it, though? It's a six <laughs> drop. It's uh, <laughs> just a big wheeler sigh. I, I also have two words for you. Uh-huh. Glacial chasm. <laughs> land entering the battlefield. All right. You sack two lands. You have to sack two, but it's not like the cumulative upkeep gets more expensive at that point. Ah. No, no I'm saying this is a good thing. Oh, okay. Because you get two ETB blow up your own land triggers. Oh, but then you can play it again after? Yeah, okay. Well, it, uh, yeah, yeah, effectively, because you get to... Oh, wait, is it an ETB or like an as it comes in? It's, it's an ETB, so you can like okay. play it with that ability on the stack. To sack, you could like tap a land to do a thing. If you have an Urborg, you can tap itself and sacrifice itself. Like if we're talking about fast bond loops, which is, I assume, what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, let's loop. We're looping. Yeah, so with this, because that's a card, Glacial Chasm is a card where... When people have talked about this card so far, they go like, oh, well, what if you have Glacial Chasm? It's bad. You sack two lands. But like, no, that's a good thing. Nah, I, look, look, Glacial Chasm is so powerful. The loops that enables you to do and the fact that you, you effectively put yourself a little protection bubble for a number of turns, it's unbelievably broken. The slight downside is actually negated by Ancient Greenwood as well in that you can just play the lands again. Maybe... In some weird, bizarro world, you'll be a little bit short on land if you have to sack it, but you already have six mana. You just cast a six drop. It's not that big of a downside, especially if you can just play the lands from your graveyard again. My worry is, I mean, okay, pros, uh, obviously this is nuts in a lands deck that wants to be a combo deck, right? This is a combo enable piece with its interactions with fast bond specifically and creating loops over and over. It makes the clock a lot. With, if you're already going infinite, you only care about the crucible effect. You don't really care about the double effect. It's an interesting sort of middle piece, but it's very expensive. But it can help you find extra things like double triggering landfall can get you more mana slash cards, depending on what other things you have in play. Yeah. So it can help like get you to the point where you're actually just going somewhere as opposed to spinning wheels. How do you feel about this in the mid-range lands deck that people have seen more as opposed to the style i really enjoyed which is the all-in combo lands i i don't mind it like i think this might be as a really really short mini tangent 
which everybody collectively groans about. I think that with all these, like so many, all these cards are busted, right? Like, or not busted, but they're very strong. Like all the cards that we've been receiving for Canlander in the past couple of sets, uh, there's a lot of really good things going on, which means that I think we're going to, we have seen and will continue to see more like sub genres of pre-existing sub archetypes, right? Like you'll have a mid-range lands deck, your combo lands deck, and then you'll have like slightly more mid-range, but still a bit of combo <laughs> and then slightly more combo, but still a bit of mid-range. And cards like this are perfect for that where, I don't know, I look at this card and I think, well, it's just another thing that you can natural order like Green Sun into. Yeah. Outside of Ramanap. Yeah. That also just kills people. Because like a lot of these lands cards just kill people. Yeah. Right? Like Titania, Prime Time. Also, that's seven toughness. So, like, it's like a super reasonable thing to just like put into play ahead of schedule. You can just like blindly tap out for it, and you're probably not going to die. And it's probably yeah, you're not you're not too sad, right? Like, you just like I'll play this as an early threat, and suddenly you have a board presence which a land deck doesn't often have. I like that it's not legendary, which a lot of the higher, more expensive land synergy cards often are i'm talking about your malokus your tatiana's your tatiovas you know a lot of those cards are extra vulnerable they're very expensive they actually have a very tiny body and they're vulnerable to krakus this has none of those downsides this also has and this isn't a joke uh reach which is really good at locking in that whole hey you could play this and it can help you survive yeah it's a bit like world breaker in that respect that it's just like a big chungus that has reach and isn't going to die to any flyers. Yeah. Cause so many games you just, you'll have this card. You're like, well, I'm going to develop a board and then a dragon kills you. And you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> or even a clique. You just can't stop yeah. the clique from getting those last couple points of damage. Can I just call attention to the fact that it only doubles the triggers that you control? So if your opponent has an Ankh of Mishra or a Zozu the Punisher or something like that, there's no downside, which is kind of amazing, actually. Oh my god, that, that makes Grazen Gladeheart perfect. One damage from Fastbond, two from the Zozu. Uh-uh-uh, four damage from the Gladeheart. <laughs> or four life from the Gladeheart. Take that, hate cards. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I should be more excited about this card, and maybe that's the reaction the audience wanted more of like, oh my god, have you read Ancient Green Warden? I love it. It's, I mean, I'm going to play like, it. Like, it is still six mana. It's still six mana. That's the hard part. I mean, look, I'm playing a lot of fives. Previously, the only six drop I was going to play was... Primeval Titan. Thank you. I was like, Green Sun Titan. No, Surge. Green Sun Titan. Like, no, Surge, that's not right. Yeah. I know. Green Sun Titan. <laughs> Primeval Sun Zenith. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I think we've talked about that card enough. Let's move on to Ashaya, Soul of the Wild. Five mana, star, star, legendary elemental for three green, green. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control, and non token creatures you control are a forest in addition to their other types. Jer. This card's kind of cool, but that second ability is such a huge, humongous, very large downside. Like, all How I so? ever want to do is have somebody play this, and then I Armageddon Plague Wind their board. <laughs> yeah, that's real bad. Yeah. Real bad. It'll hit a Shia as well. It doesn't say other. Yeah, no, no, they're they're all gone. They, they get to keep their tokens. Oh, big oof. But they have no lands or creatures anymore. And and like, this, this is a cool card. It can ramp you and get big, but for a five drop in our format, it's just not, not good enough, especially with that huge blowout potential. 
for what it's worth, I hate this card. <laughs> Just in, that's not where I, that's not really what I wanted to focus on. Uh, I hate that. I, I really dislike this card just as like a in the format. Like, I just don't think it's there's only one thing that I think it's ever going to do that'll end up being relevant. And I'll, I will say this. Somebody will play it against me and I'll die to it and they'll loom it, hold it over my head. And it's like, OK, but like, I, I don't know if this is a great card for you. It's just going to lead to more feel bads or whatever. But I should say that it's pretty reasonable with Query and Ranger. Like you can do some combos where that's kind of cool. You can. Yeah, you, there's some setups, some combos with Query and Ranger and Scrib Ranger in this card. Sure. And like it's a five like the pod creature or whatever. If you're looking to get some free untaps. Yeah. Like I'm thinking mm. about like a like a blue green opposition style deck that would theory could theoretically play Vanifar plus those two creatures in their deck. And I guess if you have two of the Rangers in play, you can get and and like an intruder alarm or something you can get yeah well this doesn't a shia a shia query and ranger just go infinite yeah yeah with intruder alarm you're right no by itself right you tap the ashaya at a green you activate query and ranger your target to untap a shia and your cost is returning a forest which is query and ranger oh yeah so query and ranger goes back shia is untapped and you have one green floating yeah you're right yeah all right. But that's like it. And even then I'm like, do, but why do you need to do that? There's right? there's better ways to get infinite mana. Yeah, exactly. You have infinite like creature ETB or whatever. I don't know. No, no, no. That's yeah. fair. All right, cool. Let's move on to Balaged Recovery. Five mana sorcery for two and a green. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. And on the other side, we have Balaged Sanctuary, a green source that enters the battlefield tapped. Three mana regrowth. What do you think, Jer? This card is really good. Regrowth is definitely one of those effects that you like really want to find ways to just like jam into your deck, but often doesn't like doesn't quite make the cut or like you're cutting something you really want or you don't get to play as many copies of it as you want. And this is a really good way to sort of put one into your deck for mostly free. Regrowth is like the quintessential 101st card. Oh, yeah. Like you could always like so many decks could justify playing regrowth as like an effect and cost. But then like you have to use a slot for it. And this is especially good for the decks that already play regrowth. Like I'm thinking scape shift, especially like and the fact that it says card, not permanent, which a lot of the cards, a lot of the versions being. Yeah, that's huge. Formatted now are saying the fact that it's actually just regrowth is is massive. Yeah. Yeah. Th this is one of the best spells spell lands i've seen and it's just two in a green like it's just uh like a uh what's it recollect right like it's just yeah and it doesn't exiles which is also nothing nice. about nothing about this this the regrowth side of this card looks like modern day regrowth effects no doesn't exile isn't chungused up with mana like mana pips mm. is reasonably costed heck yeah all right let's talk about the crag plate bayloth seven mana beast for five green green. Kicker for two and a green. Can't be countered. Hexproof <sighs> and haste. And if it was kicked, enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters. Jer, it can't be countered. Great. Yay. Yeah, this, this card is a lot like Gaia's Revenge in that I'm not going to die to it often, but anytime anyone casts it against me, I'm going to die to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a reasonable top end donkey. Not many decks are going to want to play this like big mana decks can it's nice that it can't be countered and has hex proof so it's like ridiculously hard to remove from the table it has haste so it kills planeswalkers it has kicker in case 
you needed like just in case you needed a 10 10 right you know? yeah the fact that it doesn't have trample means maybe you don't play it over some other things but guys revenge also didn't have trample like you're just sort of trading off trample for the fact that like it's it's gonna stay on the board basically the whole time and actually six six is like pretty beatable in combat so maybe i'm not as high on this card i don't know it's it's pretty good i'm gonna you're die gonna to die to it you'll lose a game to it but you won't lose the match you know i think that's a good way to look at it yeah yeah very wise oh all right no. what you, you don't like me calling you wise Hmm. Oh, you can't publicly praise me, dude. That just leads to more. No, 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 no. Let's keep inflating your head. I thought that was no, very good no, insight. Stop. No, please. You're good at magic. God. You're kind of a cutie. Uh, note to Jordan. Uh, please <laughs> uh, cut the, right here uh, and throw everything out that's been recorded. Thank you. Inscription of abundance. Two mana instant for one and a green. Has kicker for two and a green. Choose one. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Target player gains X life where X is the greatest power amongst creatures they control. Or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. But if it was kicked, choose any number instead. Wheeler. I really like this card. I think it's pretty simple and straightforward. And everything it does is going to be relevant. Again, the all of these cards have been a series of effects that you're like, well, I wouldn't include a card that just had this, but the flexibility of all these is pretty great. Even if one out of the three is like, eh, how re realistically, how often am, am I using this? But like every effect on here just kind of matches really well with the mana cost. And in green, like even if you get up to kicker, that's not super difficult to reach right like you're playing a green deck you'll probably hit five mana i need to rant for a second on this card so green gets out of the three good ones the three that we've talked about which are bug colors green is the only one that's an instant and is the cheapest like mm -hmm. come huh. on well it's, it's, it's green <laughs> it's a green card best color in magic like, yeah, it's a green card in 2020 did you have did you have some illusion that perhaps a different color was better in magic Look, blue blue was OP for too long. I'm, I mean, I'm starting to get swayed. Yeah. Now, I have a question for the two of you. What deck wants this? I'm playing this in Sorensen, I think, is where, like, there are better decks to play this in, but Sorensen's the deck where I look at this. This is a kind of card, like, Blossoming Defense, where I think it gets a lot of value even just playing it in, like, mid-range or aggro decks. Like, yeah. Because it is a combat trick. You can just put two counters on a thing. Which is like, I think people underrate how good that is. And also it's an instant speed removal spell. Yeah, to me, this will fall in this camp of like Dromoka's Command. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to compare it there because I feel Dromoka's Command has way more relevant words and more matchups. Well, I mean, it it has a lot of relevant words on it. It's weird because like Dromoka's Command is just more flexible in general like with what it does so like it's a two mana command do you mind really quickly if i just talk about the modes on dromoka's command if people aren't familiar so two mana instant for a green and a white choose two prevent all damage target instant or sorcery would deal this turn target player sacrifice an enchantment put a plus one plus one counter on target creature target creature you control fights target creature you don't control and the like the prevent instant and sorcery damage and target player Saxon enchantment are where 
Jermoka's Command shines compared to Inscription of Abundance. And I don't think enough people are playing Jermoka's Command. Yeah, what I was getting at is that nobody gives that card. It's truly the Rodney Dangerfield of cards in Highlander. Nobody gives it any respect. And they need to because they will just lose to this card, right? Like, <laughs> anybody that's lost their Courser of Crufix and their, like, right. other creature to two mana knows how bad it can feel. You, like, nug their Courser Crufix and their mana elf. Nice game sort of thing. But I think I, I think this is comparable to command, but also I think that like just the little things, like maybe the mana cost, like it's not even that big of a deal. I don't know. I look at this card and I think like this card is just better. Well, also the ceiling is much higher. Yeah. Like I'm more into drawing this card than Dromoka's command if I'm playing a green X creature deck. I, I think you play both right? If you're playing a green-white X creature deck, but I could foresee myself getting this off like Spellseeker, which is kind of weird if I'm playing like a Sorensen list with Spellseeker or like a Simic like Sorensen tempo list. I guess I should specify because like the life gain is shockingly relevant. Like if you're playing a deck that already has big ish creatures, sometimes just two mana unexpected gain, like four life or five life just changes a match right yeah definitely they just don't see it coming but like you wouldn't want to include that as a card but the fact that you get <laughs> two other yeah all right all right yeah two other really strong effects and then getting all three is just super easy to uh, hit good card all right kazandu mammoth three mana three three elephant for one green green landfall whenever land enters the battlefield under your control gains plus two plus two until end of turn and on the other side the kazandu valley a green source that enters the battlefield tapped jair this card's really good. It's a really efficient threat that hits like a truck and is a land if you need it. Love it. Yep. Sort of also wish it had trample, but yeah, it's already whoa, pretty strong. Whoa, it's whoa. it's so pushed. Like God. people under are, are already under. I'm calling it now that people are. I've played with them a bunch. People are underestimating the spell lands that a lot of people think they're insane. I, I'm excited to actually come back yeah. to these maybe in a future episode and and see our thoughts. Yeah. This. Oh. Kazandu Nectar Pod, two mana, one, three insect for one and a green landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, gain a life. You can't see me, but I have just the biggest grin on my face right now. We've done it. Like, okay, dedicated pod players always get really excited when there's like a new creature that helps with their pod chain. You know, they're like, oh, we have our like our one and our three and fours are great, but our twos are missing. I don't know. I don't play pod. I don't know how that works. I finally have the two drop I've needed for creatures that go infinite with fast bond. Finally. Finally. I mean, this is no Jaddy offshoot, but you'll take. So we have Jaddy offshoot on one, which is amazing. Jaddy offshoot's only, is it a, a zero three? I think it is. Yeah. I thought I was worried it was a zero two, but maybe I was confusing that with Hedron Crab. And of course we have the precious antelope at three. Oh, baby. And Kazandu retreat. Oh, Kazandu retreat. Yeah. Another solid one. Enchantment. That doesn't count as a creature, but Kazandu retreat's also pretty solid. No, I, I like this. This is a very humble little card and it's going to go probably only exactly in my fast bond lists this is a combo enabler fast bond deals one damage to you every play whenever you play a land or an additional land this gains you one life and so you break even and this allows you to start creating infinite loops which are important to win the game i feel like your love for grazing gladeheart which by now should be just blatantly evident to anybody that's ever listened to an episode of north 100 but if they needed that little extra push your three drop was not coarser of crew fix 
which lets you combo a couple of different ways and, you know, sets up different things. But Grazing Glade Heart, just like, of course. It gains you twice as much life, Wheeler. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it does technically do that. I mean, I guess Courser's fine if, you know, if you're in a bind, but it's no antelope. It doesn't have horns, Wheeler. Mm. Antlers. Sorry, it doesn't have antlers. Antelopes have antlers. You sold me on the antlers. Perfect. All right. Then we'll move on then. We're going to talk about a very powerful green reprint. Welcome back, the snake. Welcome back, Lotus Cobra. Two mana, two one snake for one at a green landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. This is obviously very powerful. There's a lot of discussion around its reprinting. Wheeler and or Jer, where does this fit in our format? More places than you'd think. Yeah, like basically anywhere you're playing green creatures, it's reasonable. It shines in creature combo decks where getting ahead on mana and getting ahead on the board is very important to make your opponent react and tap out or just increase your clock because you're typically slower than the non-creature combo decks. Also very good in mid-range decks to deploy planeswalkers and five drops faster, which is why I like it. It lets you go two to five. Carries a sword. That's my favorite number. Like there's a bunch of little things about this. Like it already attacking for two is good on a mana dork like that's just the thing that you don't often get two is a real amount of damage the jump is huge the fact that it can help fix mana for which can be a little awkward with some of the top end cards in multicolor decks right yeah the fact this makes any colors absurd yeah it's you could you could probably play any four drop with like four color pips for yeah. free. I mean, it's regularly casting Omnath and... I, I know, that's what I was alluding to. <laughs> it's also just really, I think, I mean, pod, like pod decks, like birthing pod decks or neoform decks are the ones that I really think about this card just because they're typically three or more colors. So you're playing a whole bunch of fetch lands and it's a two drop that's easy to cast only needs one green pip and you know two to three is arguably the most important step to get things going for a lot of those decks too if you play cobra on two into like fetch land then you can spell seeker for time walk immediately or like the the better curve of like elf on one then cobra fetch land on two and then you have you can also play a three drop on turn two yeah yeah that's really gross which is quite quite (laughs) and anytime pat plays this against you you know his hand has two fetch lands in it or on or on top of his deck oh amazing just the players who have it all it's so nice to have it all All right, let's move on to the Oren Reef Ooze. Three mana, two, two for two and a green. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Whenever it attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on each attacking creature with a plus one, plus one counter. Wheeler. I think this card is really good in the counters decks. You could probably justify it in mono, like just aggressive mono green decks. And I know I'll be playing it in medium green, but yeah, it does everything right for the counter specific decks. Basically, you want any of these cards to already put like you want them to come into play with counters or have the ability to set up something with a counter. Like if this was just a three mana three, three or whatever, it would not be like worth it at all. 
But the fact that it can get itself snowballing kind of, you know, makes you want to attack with it as well or help push for extra damage on the turn you play it. Great. It's easy to cast at one green pip. It's cheap. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing with this card a lot in Gladiator for the counters decks and like the speed in which this card just ends games immense, especially with any kind of counter doubling. I don't think people understand that this attacks as a 4-4 and then a 5-5 and then a 6-6. Yep. Yep. It gets so out of hand, like, so quickly. What about your medium green list, Wheeler, with your Mm -hmm. ancient two mana, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, is, like, that deck already just kind of has, just by coincidence, a subcategory of 1-1 counters, just because that's what a lot of really busted green creatures over the past couple of years have tacked onto them, or their Colonian Hydra and stuff. And so the fact that this can kind of just synergize with those things, as well as just, again, ancient tomb mana, and it's a snowball-y threat all by itself, that's pretty cool and good. And playing this with, like, Nyssa, who shakes the world, is uh, extremely gross. I like it. All right. Roiling Regrowth. Three mana instant? Hold on. Sorry. Instant. I didn't read that line before. Three mana instant for two and a green. Sack a land. Search your library for up to two basic land cards. Put them into play tapped. And then shuffle your library. Jer. So this this is obviously a throwback to Harrow. It's got an upside on Harrow, but also... Totally. A rather large downside. So the upside is you don't sacrifice a land as part of the cost. You wait until the spell resolves. So you're less likely to get like super blown out. So the floor is higher. But the average case is much lower because the lands come into play tapped as opposed to untapped. So you could like play Harrow on your opponent's turn after they tapped out and then still manage their thing. Whereas you can't do this with Roiling Regrowth. For the dedicated ramp decks, that's probably not the hugest deal. Yeah, I don't know. Like not many decks play Harrow just because getting it countered really stinks. I don't think I'd play this in Scapeshift. I don't really see anywhere else you'd play it. Maybe in this like landfall aggro deck gets you two landfall triggers for three mana and ramps you not the worst Mm. i don't know i don't really know if there's a a spot for this a lot of people talking about this in standard scoot swarm three mana one one insect for two and a green landfall whenever land enters the battlefield under your control create a one one green insect creature token if you control six or more lands Create a token that's a copy of Scoot Swarm. And if you haven't seen this card, taking things over. Yes, those Scoot Swarms also double themselves over and over and over and over. And it starts to get a little bit silly very quickly. Jer, we're going to play it in Highlander? I'm not. It's a really cool card. Obviously, harkening back to Scoot Mob, which got tall instead of wide. I just think it's a little a little slow for, for this format. You could maybe play it in a tokens deck. Those decks tend to go higher on lands because you really want to hit your land drops because you have some expensive payoffs but i'm not sure if if it really does enough in in that strategy to warrant an inclusion yeah i I think i'm on that same side yeah there's just too many too many rats in the in the format too Too many too many removal spells there's like obviously magical christmas land where it starts to pop off but look you know, people in our format are barely playing Pack Rat, and that took over an entire an entire block. A card was so dominant, and we see it in a black deck. We're like, oh, that's cool. Look, it's Pack Rat Path. <laughs> All right, Sky Clave Pickaxe, one mana equipment for single green. When it enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control, which is a cool ability. All of the equipment in the set have. 
Landfall, whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and equips for two and a green chair. This card definitely goes in the, the landfall aggro deck. The fact that it costs one and gets like one free equip is huge. Anytime you play a fetch land, that creature's getting plus four, plus four until end of turn in the landfall deck. You're going to have ways to get many more landfall triggers than that. I actually think this might be a reasonable card to include in non-landfall decks. Like Gruel Aggro. I'm, I'm trying, like the nearest comparison I have to this card is Rancor. Yeah, the fact that it pumps toughness is large because it means your creatures, like, like plus two, plus two is a lot, especially if you're playing green. Green's secret keyword on their creatures is it's the biggest creature. And on the off chance it wasn't the biggest creature, plus two, plus two usually means you can make something that wasn't the biggest creature the biggest creature. So then you you're you have a, a high chance of having both like the top two creatures which is make it it's very hard for your opponent to block at that point i i think people are going to underrate this card i'm going to play it a bunch and test it. it's possible it's not good enough outside of like more dedicated landsy decks that want to be aggressive but i'd be interested in trying it yeah i feel like this is the kind of card where i'm trying to evaluate it with more like reservation because we've been burned by too many pieces of equipment in our lives. And oh, yeah. the fact that this is much better than adventuring gear, which is literally like this card, but it's all colorless, like a one mana to play, one mana to equip, landfall, equip creature gets plus two plus two. It doesn't have the first like attachment ability, but like that card I wouldn't really recommend anybody playing outside of maybe that landfall deck that we talked about. But like I could I've been thinking about this card in like a blue like in blue green. Like in a green X, even in like Golgari kind of deck. Is it just because of the free equip? Yeah, because one of the biggest issues, well, one of the biggest issues with like adventuring gear as a card, because that is a powerful effect, right? Like, because we play so many fetch lands, we, we have a bunch of ways of hitting additional land drops or just continuing to hit land drops throughout a game, is that with adventuring gear, effectively, you need to pay two mana up front and then play a land, which can be a little awkward in the types of decks that want to play cheap equipment. And then also types of decks that play cheap equipment don't always hit their land drops. And right. so, but I think this one is more geared towards like, hey, play this. You're immediately going to get a benefit if you have some kind of evasion or trample. So like Nibble Obstructionist, Brazen Borrowers, or Big Dumbs, just like a Mana George Hydra or whatever. Great. You're a deck that's going to hit multiple land drops because you have fetches, you have cards like Gush, you have ways of, you know, recurring lands through Uro and Life from the Loam. You actually just made me think of something there, too, of the early play not having to equip it. You could go uh, Taiga Goblin Guide Crack for two, turn two, play this, equip, then play your second land. All of a sudden, if it's a fetch land, your Goblin Guide's cracking for six on turn two exactly yeah like holy moly yeah which adventuring gear obviously can't do right wow right that i think that's what i'm i'm trying to say is that like you can get the benefit out of this card early but also just like the fact that the cost is mostly sitting on the like all right after you've gotten an initial use out of it now you're gonna have to pay more to utilize this that's fine because you're a green deck, right? It's just like a mana sink for this kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and, and because it comes down so early, you're more likely to get value out of it earlier. So yeah. you're yeah, like yeah, less yeah. likely to get got on like the first equip, which is one of the big downsides to many equipment that don't have yeah. this like auto attach trigger. All right. Let's talk about Swarm Shambler. One mana, zero, zero fungus beast for a green. 
enters the battlefield with one plus one plus one counter on it. Whenever a creature you control, the plus one plus one counter on it becomes the target of a spell an opponent controls, make a one one insect token, and then one and tap, much like Thopter Robot, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Chronomaton, Hangerback Walker. Like, I don't know why that's the, I'm like, ah, oh, it has the Hangerback Walker ability of making itself grow more. This is neat. What do you think, Wheeler? Very good. It's in the, in the kind of deck that, you know, in a counters deck. I don't know if we've sufficiently relayed how actual factual good and like powerful the counters deck is. I mean, we've had a long time for this coming, right? It's it's a kind of archetype that's slowly been getting things. Yeah, definitely. Especially over this past year, having played more of this kind of deck than I thought I would, it's kind of terrifying. Like it's a deck that is really good at taking advantage of its pointed cards, but if you don't need but you don't need to to have like really threatening creatures and stuff like this just keeps adding it on it gets so out of control so quickly yeah it's like it gets to this point where you just can't reliably address it because their creatures are too big or they have added abilities like this and they rebuild those decks rebuild super quickly this is the kind of card that is cheap has counters, puts on more counters, and then provides additional like, oh, you killed my creature in my deck that's all about making big creatures. Well, I'm going to get something out of it. That middle ability on a one drop is so good. Yeah, it's it's kind of just like a, it's like a Tukatung Thalid sort of card. Like a, like the one drops in Aristocrats. Obviously, it's not a direct parallel, but it's just like a cheap enough card that if somebody wants to get rid of it through a spell, like it's replacing itself. So that's super awkward. And it gets big, really big, really quickly to the point where you're going to have to use spot removal and not kill it in combat. Yeah, the one downside is though, it gets got by activated these planeswalkers are pretty pretty mm. cool at getting rid of it but i mean <laughs> even a lot of them like if they oko this one like maybe it has a bunch of counters on it yeah. if they to ferry this like it's a one drop so you could just play it again right so they have to kill it but yeah all right to juru paragon two mana three two elf for one and a green he is also a cleric rogue warrior and wizard has kicker three and when it enters the battlefield if kicked reveal the top six card of your library you may put a card that shares a creature type with it from amongst them into your hand put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order wheeler well it has three power and cost two mana so i think you might see this card beside leatherback bayloth just kind of as a general rule of thumb Although maybe that deck has got beyond that. Great. <laughs> Glad to hear. Terrain Elemental, still good. Two mana, three, three deck or two mana, three, two deck. Let's go. Yeah, it's a relevant creature type. I, I could also see it in Elves. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was getting at is that I actually think this card is good in Elves. And I think that Elves is a lot better. Again, That's fe that feels like a deck that has like slowly been getting these small add-ons and like also benefiting from points changes. And this card's a slam dunk in that. And I'll probably play it in medium green too. Just, you know, maybe give it a shot. Yeah, just to spell it out to people in case they weren't quite there. The, the ability doesn't care just about Cleric, Rogue, Warrior, and Wizard. It also cares about Elf. The most important creature type. <laughs> yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah. This card's really good. I mean, maybe it even sees playing like a green-white, like mid-rangey or aggro deck. 
Like, I don't know. Like, I've, I mean, maybe Jared more than I probably at this point has played more Watch Wolves than is admittable. I've played some Watch Wolves and, and some nice fleeces. I've played, a, I've played a Watch Wolf in my day. And I get, I guess that's true. Late game mana sync is fine because you have this great game plan of I'm just going to play as much power in the I low. I just don't know how often you are to hit in that deck if you are to hit in those types of decks you're more most likely to hit like a mana elf which by that point just like isn't that relevant so there's probably a better two drop but watch wolf isn't a warrior right yeah well i mean if, if we're talking green white there's a shockingly high amount of cards that are just like oh that's a mother of runes as a cleric even mind sensor is a wizard but like oftentimes you're you're building that deck for power to cost ratio like sure you might incidentally hit some stuff but it doesn't have the density of say the elf deck right right but that's what i'm saying is that you don't play this card because it hits in a non-elf deck because it hits specifically like oh i'm gonna hit this rogue that i've added just so i have an extra tajuru paragon hit you just have a whole bunch of incidental creatures that you would already be playing in that kind of deck because like if you're playing a green white aggressive deck and you don't have like mother of ruins giver of ruins or the like the hate berry kind of cards then why are you playing this deck over other variants yeah that's fair that's but yeah i i think i think it's more likely to hit stuff than you'd think and then worst case scenario it does just hit a mana door all right let's move on to tangled flora hedron two mana one one for one and a green elemental taps to add a green and on the other side it also is a green source that enters the battlefield tap tangled veil jer why isn't it a druid i think this card's pretty good that's interesting i thought you'd be a lot higher on this card I think that you might just slam this in basically any deck that has mana dorks that like goes that 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 gets up to like Paradise Druid and Sylvan Caryatid kind of stuff. Sure. Like I love this in Hoof, absolutely. I love this in mana dork heavy decks that also just have like flexibility for double spelling or playing multiple things, or even like a red green rampish deck. I like a lot of the the spell lands is because it's good both in your opening hand or or later on like if it's in your mm -hmm. opening hand you're more likely to need it as a land so that's why i consider them good there but whereas this card is if you draw it late it's like either basically either a land or a land like you don't it doesn't really yeah. have another mode whereas like the regrowth it's like obviously you'd, you'd love to draw a regrowth in the late game for sure I think that's the quality of so many of these flip cards, but I do think Florahedron or like the, the counter one, the one mana put a counter on it, which I'm starting to gain a little more respect for is that like, if you're playing those kind of, if you're playing like Florahedron in a deck that already has a bunch of mana dorks or at least minimum, you know, six mana dork, like you're already kind of signing up for that to an extent. Yeah, I guess like you're already just like, I have these Dorcases and it just kind of like helps your curve out your early ish curve. And that like, yeah, I might not use all my mana this turn, but I'm playing out these spells so that I develop for my, my big turn, big play next turn. Yeah, I could definitely see this card being really good and it being better than I first thought. And I, I rate all the spell lands higher than I did in the first. Oh yeah. I've, I've been like, Oh yeah. Definitely on an upwards trend of my hypeness on them. So even though I'm not super high on this, I, I could still see playing it in a bunch of decks. I, I definitely changed my tune for the next card that we're coming up to, though it was almost, you know, it was positive all the way through. All right, let's move on to it then. Turn Timber Symbiosis, seven mana sorcery, four green, green, green. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. If 
That card has converted mana cost three or less. It enters with an additional three plus one plus one counters. Put the rest on the bottom in any order. And on the other side, turn Timber Serpentine Wood is a green source that enters play tapped unless you pay three life Wheeler. So the only bad thing before that I had to kind of say about this card was that it's not as free as you think for some of the like hoof decks just because it is important to make sure that you have some amount or like a reliable amount of forests in play just because you have like eight cards in your deck that are absurdly powerful but they need forests and so like often if you're building a crater hoof deck you should like not overload on a lot of dual lands that aren't also you know a forest x land type that's it. That's my criticism of this card. Other than that, <laughs> nice. you got green cards in your deck. You got green creatures. You got creatures that aren't green. You got creatures. You should probably play this card. <laughs> I love that it doesn't have a restriction for green creature. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, all right. Let's move on to gold cards now. And we're going to start with Akiri Fearless Voyager. Three mana, three, three legendary core warrior for one, a red and a white. Whenever you attack a player with one or more equipped creatures, hello, draw a card, one white mana, you may unattach an equipment from a creature you control. If you do, tap that creature and it gains indestructible until end of turn. This is slam dunk going into every red, white equipment equipment deck I have ever played with and will ever play with in the future. This is This is fantastic. This is a great synergy card. There are a bunch of cards that came out that were a little bit clunky in... I can't even, was it in Kaladesh maybe? It was like equip creatures, get plus one, plus one. Whenever equip creature dies, draw a card. You know what I'm talking about? Those sort of effects. Uh, Oath of the Gatewatch. That was Oath of the Gatewatch that had yeah, those? Yeah, the last time we were at Zendikar. Oh, wow. Wow. And <laughs> like that was nice and all, but this has a great, like three, three for three. Fantastic. I mean, I'm happy it's just not like a three one or something like that. It's a little bit harder to kill. And it has a attack ability and it has a defensive ability. And both of those make me incredibly happy. It is centered around equipment, which can be a little bit clunky, especially for those hands where you have all equipment and or no creatures or vice versa. But like, not nah, love it. All right, let's move on to the Brush Fire Elemental. Two mana, one one for a red and a green has haste, can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less and landfall gets plus two plus two until end of turn wheeler this card's gonna kill a lot of people that's it it's really good I, it's the haste is you know nice the fact that two two or less is a lot like i you've heard people have heard us say this a couple of times and i i think i even said it earlier in the episode where like two is an actual power like one or less like eh, you know there's a, that's whatever right it's a thing but it's not something you phone home about two is when you start getting to like oh this is a real stat line it's like most creatures in death and taxes can't block this card <laughs> well it's like it's the reason that people talk about how like you beat down with snapcaster mage as opposed to like beat down with like i don't know auger of bolus <laughs> or like okay bad example but you get what i mean is like this is why snapcaster beat down is a legitimate thing right two is twice as many as one and that's just a constant so i don't know if- man like unpopular opinion i kind of feel like this card's a trap really yeah show explain yourself young man i just like the downside of obviously you can talk about this creature on turn three attacking as a five five that's really hard to block with i just the diminishing return on how good this card is and if it's not in your opening hand i see as a tremendous liability 
All right, I'm gonna for I think I've scratched off all of the like all of the bumps on my quotation bingo card or whatever bingo card yeah for busting this one out again please but a very good one of the best red mages in victoria once said you know about Stormblood berserker a two mana one one with menace and bloodthirst is just hey sometimes you just need a threat sometimes you just play it damage is damage baby sometimes you just need a one mana witness you know (laughs) yeah all right i i stand corrected i i i figured i may as well put that out there before the comments are like but wait what if what it's bad (laughs) if like the fact that this is a static ability and that like if you're playing this kind of card you're probably also playing some kind of pump spells some you know effects that modify the power and toughness of your creature you know equipment enchantments just abilities from other creatures you have like god somebody's going to slap a gta on this and i won't be able to block with like any of my like two drop creatures in mono white or something yeah all right all right let's move on to cleric of life's bond two mana two two vampire cleric for a white and a black when another cleric enters the battlefield under your control you gain one life Whenever you gain a life for the first time each turn, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Wheeler. I want to say, I want to go, I want to start this off by saying I want to save the cleric deck talk for when we get later in the multicolored cards. But for this one in particular, there are a lot of soul wardens that are all just clerics. In fact, basically all of them are also clerics. And we've received a whole bunch of cards over the past year that get better when you gain life or do a thing when you gain life. And it's also been a fascination of mine over the past year. And I'm very happy that this card exists. It's a soul warden and kind of like an Ajani's pride mate. Not as, you know, oh, all of a sudden I have a 7-7, but it's baseline, you know, it's a two mana 2-2 that gets bigger and gains more life. Love the card. Cragmaw Skyclave Ravager is a 0-0 legendary Hydra Horror for one, a black and a green, but enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. So three mana, three, three. Whenever another creature you control dies, if it had a plus one plus one counter on it, put a plus one plus one counter on Cragmaw. When Cragmaw dies, create an XX black and green Hydra token where X is the number of plus one plus one counters on Cragmaw. Oh, you can't like manipulate the power and toughness to make it bigger it specifically counts the counters i was like berserk what what do you think wheeler i'll still berserk this card oh yeah i did want you to get through all that before interrupting and saying that this card is called Grackmaw. did i get it backwards oh i said crag not you call it crag oh, wow but i'm gonna call it, well i mean now i'm just gonna call it Cragmaw. <laughs> it's so much easier to say Grackmaw. well thank you for not interrupting me Hey, no worries. Cragmaw, though, it's like Rock Mama, right? Like a crag, and this is black green, so it works out. Chat, you know what to do. Please stop. Nope, we had a, <laughs> we had the ability to not go back there. Anywho, this card is good. I'd like it in the counters decks that we had mentioned previously. I like this in even just like a Golgari, like the Black Mold, right? The Golgari aggro deck, right? It's just, I'd probably even play this in Abzan, to be honest. Like, it's just a cheap threat that gets bigger when basically everything you control dies and at the very least if it dies you also just make a three three right like bear like that's the minimum if you play it and it dies immediately you're probably just you played a three three that when it dies you get another three three and it can get bigger update on the counters deck what colors is it right now it's base green it's bait it's always base green yeah but there's literally like a playable higher end can just slaughter some of the best decks in our format 
or like well-known decks in our format. There's builds of Bant, Bug, Black Green, Four Color, Abzan, Abzan for uh, everything uh, but Red, eh? No, there's a Jund one too. In what? fact, Jund was like one of the first versions of this that just started slaughtering people. Like Innistrad vampires do some pretty funky things with uh, plus one plus one. Well, counters. I mean, that's the thing about counters is that like I think people still have in this this idea in their head of like, oh, so you're just like what hardened scales and doubling season and like. I think that's a trap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's just not. There's just so many creatures that just put counters on themselves and are good, or they like just you happen counters happens to be a word on their card right like they also just keep printing more and more mechanics that just incidentally have counters like fabricate and right yeah a bunch of others that's the way that they kind of like at like make these creatures that are just beat sticks like relevant in a world where every creature draws a card gains three life and puts a land into play it's just it's like well i guess if you're just a beat stick you get some additional counters here you go dread horde butcher yeah like, don't don't be too you know don't go too far now amazing all right let's move on to kaza royal chaser two mana one two legendary human wizard for a blue and a red has flying and haste and a tap ability that reads the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs x less to cast where x is the number of wizards you control as the ability resolves jer um i just don't think there's really a spot for this this card is sort of trying to do like a baral impression and baral's sort of fallen by the by the wayside recently in at least control decks not in the the combo decks but like there isn't really a wizard's deck at least not that i'm aware of and mm. reducing your one spell per per turn cycle probably just doesn't justify the inclusion what about just as a flying haste creature is there a deck that cares about that in red and blue yes but not a one two flying haste creature that does. <laughs> if this had prowess then maybe we could talk yeah all Storm right chaser mage this is not Let's talk about the new Linvala. Linvala, Shield of the Seagate. Three mana, three, three, legendary angel wizard for one, a white and a blue, has flying. And at the beginning of combat of your turn, if you have a full party, choose target non-land permanent unopponent controls. Until your next turn, it can't attack or block. And its activated abilities can't be activated. It's basically detain. Sacrifice Linvala, choose Hexproof or Indestructible. Creatures you control gain that ability until end of turn. So I guess we should really quickly, because we haven't touched on it this episode yet, what are the chances of having a full party in Canadian Highlander? Just really quick, Jer. 1.2% <laughs> if you build yeah. for it. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen. So I guess we just evaluate this card as a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three flyer with a sack ability. Now, what's the 2-mana two 2-1 two flyer that you can sack to protect your team? Selfless Spirit. Selfless Spirit. How do we like this compared to Selfless Spirit? It's good. Both are very good. I like this card. I'll probably try this card in blue-white tempo. I mean, the 3-drop is pretty competitive. This doesn't have flash, which is a downside. But yeah. if you're trying to have... A card that's going to protect your board and you're like ah you're gonna wrath not today yeah like that ability is just really good yeah it's an absurd amount of flexibility and it's three power flyer if you know brazen barber nimble obstructionist and friends have taught us anything it's those cards just end games very yep. quickly right mantis rider like it it adds up I, I, I'm absolutely slamming this in Jess Skies, a Jess Sky build with a bunch of flyers. Ah, uh, good, good name. <laughs> Jess, Jess Skies. Yeah. Jess Skies. 
it, it's funny because all three of us seem to be kind of like, ah, it's good. It, this is just like a very good I card. Mean, it's not exciting. <laughs> yeah, like I legitimately was outbid in the end, but I tried to buy the original color studies of this card. Like I love this card to absolute bits, but I'm at least a little more rever- like um, a little more reserved in where it will actually find a home. You know? Yeah, I can easily see people not not playing this card. Yeah, there was an Esper Hate Bears list that was played last year. I mean, this was a while ago, but like that showed a lot of potential that hasn't really been touched since then. And this feels like something that could slide into that deck. Flyers are also super good in that deck because they use yeah. the, the ninja theme. So. Yeah, like yeah. if you if you're a deck with like Force of Will, Swords to Plowshares, Thoughtseize, and you're like that kind of stuff, and maybe your turn two is like Tide Hall Skeller into this, or like Dark Confidant into this, Thal even Thal like you don't need all those cheap spells if you're like Thalia into this, like that's God, that's annoying. Maybe it's time to bust out the old Meek Stone and Rebel Tribal and. I don't know. I'll probably put together blue white tempo again, and this is going to have a home there until I cut it for like deputy of detention or something. <laughs> Play both. I know, I know. All right, let's talk about Moss Pit Skeleton. Black green 2 2 <laughs> plant skeleton with kicker three. If it was kicked, enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters. Whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a creature you control, if it's in your graveyard, you may put it on top of your library. Jair. The fact that it says on top of your library sort of just makes me like, like sigh. Like, God, I, <laughs> just, I hate that zone. I know, me too. It's like, just give me something I can work with. Like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be good enough just because it said on top of library and not into hand. Do you think it's good enough in the counters deck, Ben? No, it's, yeah, there's way too many hoops. This feels like a close, but like not quite, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Really disappointed. I miss. I definitely misread this card. It's no like. It's no reassembling skeleton. It's no like any of the zombies that come back into play. Yeah. It does a very pale imitation of all of those cards. I when somebody relayed this card to me, very excited about it, as though if a creature enters the battlefield with three or more one-one counters on it, you bring this card from your graveyard to your hand. And I was like, oh my God, that's, you know, <laughs> two mana, two, two, not the most exciting, but this is really cool. Like Quite I- Quite the game of telephone you went through there for that one. Yeah, thanks Twitch chat. <laughs> but it's just like, I was super excited. And then yeah, top of library, done. Ugh, no. Yeah, and you're like, oh, hey, hey, look, I'm dead. Oh, wait, no, I'm super dead. Turns out I put this skeleton on top and I wanted literally anything yeah. else. Yeah. yeah, the only things I'm putting on top, but are stuff off Mystical Tutor, Brainstorm, or uh, Vengeful <laughs> Pharaoh. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Murasa Root Grazer. Two mana, two, three beast for a green and a white has Vigilance. Tap ability, you may put a basic land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Tap ability. You return target basic land card you control to its owner's hand. What do you think, Jer? I wish this didn't say basic land. Otherwise, I think you could play this in the the like likely Naya landfall aggro deck. That's probably fine there. It's going to get in, in some beats. It can ramp you. And it's once it gets to the late game and it gets outclassed on the battlefield, it can give you an extra landfall trigger here and there ensure you're getting at least one per turn at the very least yeah it's it's not amazing but i could see it fitting in that deck it's probably not good enough to see play in in other decks especially because it has the the basic restriction but reasonable and cool card 
All right, let's talk about a new Planeswalker here, Nahiri, Heir of the Ancients. Four mana gets you four loyalty for two red-white. Plus one ability, create a 1-1 one, one white core warrior creature token, and you can just attach an equipment to it for free. Minus two, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from amongst them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And minus three, Nahiri deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to twice the number of equipment you control. This is interesting. The minus two I'm a little bit nervous about with uh, deck building in this format. You're, you're not as guaranteed to hit as, say, the downtick on a... Tezzeret, right? As an example of look at the top six cards, put an artifact into your hand or something like that. Oh, it just I've being whiffed a... on some Tezzeret minuses in my Sure, opinion. but like <laughs> it's way more consistent than warrior or equipment, right? Like sure. I expect most of the time you're only going to play this for the plus one ability and the minus three ability. And honestly, both of those are pretty solid. Attaching for free is great, especially post-Wrath, where your board might only have some equipment on it. This happens a lot in this game, right? Your your board is empty other than like maybe a sword and a G-Tay, and you're like, well, this sucks. Even if I play a creature, nothing's going to happen. But for Nahiri to do what a Planeswalker wants to do, which is protect itself and give you extra value on the equipment deck, I, I like that. And then the fact that this goes straight to a Planeswalker is also kind of fantastic. Anyone got any differing opinions? You said exactly what I thought about this card when I first read it. You're like, Serge is going to say this? No, no. Was oh. your, To quote Serge Jaeger from like 30 seconds ago, well, this sucks. I need a creature to do anything. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it, I just wish it was more. Like, it'll probably, it's fine in the, like, equipment deck, right? Yeah, it, it only works in that deck, that and which is why I'm excited about it. Yeah, and even then, is it better than like like Gideon, Elspeth, other Elspeth? No, like Chandra, Torch Defiance, other Gideon, other Gideon, other Gideon, other other other. Yeah, <laughs> all twelve chads. <laughs> so, uh, like a great way to talk about that is uh, mid range card versus synergy card, right? And when you include it, when your deck is trying to do a thing versus when your deck is just trying to cram the best power level possible at that slot. And you really have to ask yourself, does this card do enough when the pieces fall together? Or you can just play it because it's sweet. I mean, I think Highlander still has a little bit of room for a flex slot. And I think I'd play Nahiri just because if you want to play with new cards, right? Yeah, like I, I think that's, it's the kind of card that if you're playing that deck, like I'm sure if you include it, it's going to do the thing that your deck wants to do. It'll do enough, but there are better cards. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like it solves the issues of that. Maybe that's my concern is I'm just like, it feels like it should have solved some of the issues of what equipment decks have. It kind of does, but just not enough. The warrior's backbreaking and it's minus two ability. Like yeah. unless you're mega desperate, I don't think... Unless you have a bunch of creatures and no equipment, I don't think you're minus twoing ever. Mm, I could see you minus twoing, depending on the deck. I mean, if you already if you're already pretty far ahead on the board and this is at a bunch of loyalty, like you might as well try to get card advantage. Like if they don't have anything yeah. to target with the minus three and you already have a bunch of creatures. Yeah, that's the time that's the time you're minus twoing. Trying right? to rebuild. All right. Let's talk about another planeswalker. Let's talk about um Goth Nissa. Nissa of the Shadowed Faw. Four mana, four loyalty what? for two, a black and a green. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Is it bow? Bows. Bows? Bows. Shadowed bow. Interesting. Uh, landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, put a loyalty counter on Nissa. I haven't read this before. That's absurd. What? 
Wait, you haven't even gotten to the abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just a planeswalker that gets free loyalty every time you play a land. My brain, yeah. it's just like that math gif right now where I'm already, I like, I don't even know what the loyalty does, but I'm here for it. All right. Plus mm -hmm. one ability. Untap target land you control. You may have it become a three, three elemental creature token with haste and Minache until end of turn. Cool. Minus five. You may put a creature card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with two plus one plus one counters. <laughs> what? Jer. Wait, this from your hand? Or graveyard. Or graveyard. Yes. Well, I mean, I knew the graveyard part. I just haven't been playing it from my from hand. From your hand or graveyard? This card's absurd. Sorry. All right. Jared, Jared, talk about it. Yeah, I think this card's quite good. It's basically enters with six loyalty, or you can use it as a four mana, a reanimation spell or cheat spell, should you have uh, the want to do that. Otherwise, the lands it creates have haste and menace which are two good abilities because then you can't misclick and they're hard to block notably it doesn't do the last latest nissa thing which makes them forever lands forever it goes back to yeah, just yeah. until end of turn so it's it's it can't protect itself which is like kind of bad but it comes in with a million loyalty on turn four so you know it has the the latest planeswalker design of it can defend itself by just having <laughs> enough loyalty to take a hit from most things and yeah, the, the ceiling on the, the minus five ability is through the roof. The fact that it adds two counters for some reason is like, sure. Right? As if the ability wasn't good enough enough. You're like, all right, scratching chin. Yeah, I'll get back my questing beast. Now it's a six, six. Good luck. Just more, more of those incidental plus one, plus one counters that Wheeler was talking about as well, right? This card is very powerful and, and not very niche as opposed to the Nahiri we just discussed. All right, let's talk about a card that is making magic Twitter unhappy, and we'll just end the sentence there. Omnath, Locus of Creation. Four mana, four, four, legendary elemental for red, green, white, blue. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life. If this was the first time this ability has resolved. If it's the second time, Add four mana in uh, a red, a green, a white, and a blue. And if it's the third time, Omnath deals four damage to each opponent and each Planeswalker you don't control. So Omnath, the please play three lands every turn. This is kind of cute. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, look, look, it's it's hands are all the different colors of, of mana you're producing. Cute is an interesting word, I gotta say. <laughs> Look, I can't I, I can't combo I, with this. It only it only landfalls three times and then it stops. I mean, doesn't go in my fast bond deck. The combo is your opponent just can't do anything. <laughs> like you just win. You play it, it can trips, then you play some more lands, you gain life so the aggro deck can't kill you. You get mana, so you get to cast free spells with the card you just drew. And if you get to play the third land, all their planeswalkers and them are dead. I do, I mean, I do get where Surge is coming from. Like, it's so rarely do I get to combo with Oko and Teferi <laughs> when I play Eggs. It's possible. It's just wildly elaborate and often unnecessary because I've played Teferi or Oko. And now this card isn't the exact same power level as Oko. I'm not going to say something as brazen as that. But why does this, Why? why is this card four mana like i'll finish the sentence for you like well just make it six and then we're fine there's just a lot this card is just a mess like they made the other one seven mana perfect love it 
Yeah. Great design. Yeah, why? I don't... Like, this card combos in the sense that you just get a free... Everything. 4-4 that has drawn you a card. <laughs> and then, like, also potentially either gained you for life. The, okay, so it's like the... This is the world's biggest frog mite. That, or burning tree emissary <laughs> that also just draws you a card and then can potentially, depending on where you play it in the turn or what you have, could also just, you know, kill their kill their planeswalkers, dome them out, or just gain you some life. And also just combos with Caracas and does this every turn. Like, I don't see it being as that oppressive in our format. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people who are pretty... The decks that are playing it are going to do that. The decks that play this are going to get three landfall triggers every turn and one or two on your opponent's turn. Oh, look, as somebody who has tried to make lands happen for a very long time there's magical christmas land when it comes together and there's often a lot of times you're like cool i got this four mana four four in play and it drew a card not gonna not gonna draw land for the rest of the game am i there's so many tools like, you are getting more tools now yeah I, I i do think like like maybe if this if there weren't already lands decks that played these colors played cards that are not you know just purely combo in them and you know like th this already this already has a home and if it didn't it could certainly make a home or people could justify making some changes and it's green sun zenithable yeah, yeah that's kind of cool i mean looks like i might have to start playing red and lands and you're like red and six surge red and six you idiot you like <laughs> yeah this card this card really wants like god i just i don't know i I think this card's interesting. I'm not upset about it. I want to, I'm going to use the wheeler. I think it's kind of cool and neat. No. Okay. <laughs> Just no. All right. Fair enough. It's really good. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the cleric that wheeler likely wanted to talk about earlier. Aura, Skyclave Hierophant. Four mana, three, three legendary core cleric for two, a white and a black has lifelink. And when it or another cleric you control dies, return target cleric with CMC with a lesser CMC from the graveyard to directly to the battlefield. What do you think, Wheeler? So this is effectively the scrap trawler for clerics. Yeah! Which, you know, if you had to tell me, all right, Ben, you got to pick Black Lotus or Soul Warden, I'd probably pick pick the Lotus, admittedly, <laughs> um, for which to return repeatedly. Kelsey but I do generally, genuinely believe that there is a, a deck that functions somewhere between like an aristocrat style deck and just like a black white combo. I'm going to loop and kill you with this kind of like a Sandy B deck almost. My operating title has been Cleric Clan Friar Works. I'm very <laughs> proud of that. And the best part is I think it's actually good. There's just a shockingly large amount of good clerics, especially within the past two years. You don't need to run every single cleric. You just need enough that, you know, helps create loops. You play sack outlets, you get Academy Rector, you get a good use of your points. And this guy can make it all work, pulls it all together. And then also just like if you play this and attack with it, it's relevant. Right. Three yeah. like gaining life, three power lifelink. That's not bad. So, yeah, I think this card, I think there's very specifically one, maybe two ish decks that will play this kind of card. And this card will be great in that. Cool. Let's move on to the Umara Mystic. Three mana, one, three Merfolk Wizard for one, a blue and red has flying and sort of this weird pseudo prowess. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard, the Mystic gets plus two plus oh until end of turn. Wheeler. Sweet Dragonauts. Yeah, it's a, they took Wee Dragonauts, changed, they made it a, uh, a Merfolk Wizard instead, and then also just 
let it trigger off of wizard spells, which is fantastic because one of the big issues with like a blue red prowess deck or like a three color like blitz deck that wants these kind of cards is that sometimes you have all creatures not enough pump. And because we've been getting more and more absurd creatures that also just happen to fit into this kind of deck, like Seagate Stormcaller, uh, Magmatic Channeler, like those two cards alone from Zendikar, you kind of want to play more of these cards instead of, you know, doubling down on like a sorcery speed peak. And so the fact that this gets to trigger off of your creature heavy hands, as well as, you know, just fill the role of literal wee dragonauts with a better creature type, that card's great absolute auto include in those kind of decks yeah. can you can you play this in in merfolk like can you be rug merfolk uh there's not really any red fish other than like this and razor fin hunter but people have played bant before right yeah and there's like i know there's some but not many and like you then you get burn spells which might be good for the deck too I literally just thought of it when reading this card. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could definitely do some kind of interesting things with like this card and like maybe Merfolk Regery where you like storm off kind of. But I don't know. It's not if somebody killed me with it, I wouldn't be like, what is going on? I'd be like, oh, this is sick. Like glad of it. I could see it, I guess. All right. Next up, we have Yasharn Implacable Earth. Four mana, four, four, beautiful pig. I mean, legendary elemental boar for two, a green, and a white. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic forest and a basic plains, reveal them and put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. And players can't pay life or sack non-land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities. Jer. Such a good pig. This card's pretty good. I wish it didn't say non-land, because that's one of the, the cool Angel of Jubilation abilities is it stops your opponent's fetch lands. This will shut off some things, like eventually you'll get this into play against aristocrats and then be like ha ha and pod will still beat you you like even if they have birthing pod in play but this card's kind of cool like it does draw you two cards one thing i love about this is if you cast this on four mana you're guaranteed to cast your one of the the five drops that's clogging up your hand the turn after so that's good and a reason i should put it in my decks <laughs> wow the soul read yeah i think i think it's pretty cool uh especially if you're going down a more hate bearsy path pretty reasonable include four 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 solid stats has the fourth toughness is huge and it's a pig it's really good at setting up armageddon that too oh yeah oh yeah very nice all right, let's talk about Zagras, Thief of Heartbeats. Six mana, four, four, legendary vampire rogue for four, a black, and a red. Costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Has flying, death touch, and haste. Other creatures you control have death touch. It keeps going. And whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. Is this like questing beast but in other colors have other have colors other than green just started getting keyword soup here what do you what do you think uh, well this isn't quite questing beast it's I, I could see it being reasonable in like the the black red like play every storm breath dragon variant there is deck i could see this even popping up in just vampires like vampire tribal needs one of the uh, one of the issues of that deck is that also just doesn't have or for a longest time didn't have a lot of closers. And it's a deck that has a variety of class creature types. Like there's just 
every single every single creature type is checked off right like there's a bunch of clerics wizards soldiers all that jazz or not soldiers warriors all that jazz and it does hit like this is really gross <laughs> like when it hits play and attacks right when it makes all your other creatures that have been outclassed attackers mm-hmm. as well yeah which is pretty interesting makes the makes the cards that are pretty irrelevant without your additional tribal support turns them into uh really awkward cards to block he's just kind of floating all right let's talk about the final card in our three-part set review zareth san the trickster five mana four four legendary merfolk rogue for three a blue and a black has flash and has this sort of weird ninjutsu but for rogues so two a blue and a black and return an unblocked attacking rogue you control put it directly in from your hand into play tapped and attacking and then whenever it deals combat damage to a player you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control i love this card you you just love this card all right start us off jar it has flash and in a blue-black deck, blue-black X deck, you're very likely to be able to set up getting the, the triggered ability off once, which is, I think, all you're going to need to likely win the game from that point. I'm willing to admit, you know, I'm, I am I'm a grown-up. I'm a grown man here. I can uh, admit my mistakes. And uh, Fallen Shinobi, you know what? That card's better than I thought it was, for sure. This card this card is, is not Fallen Shinobi. No. I Certainly think that's not, a, no. yeah, I want to be clear, but what I'm trying to get at and the strength for Shinobi is that creatures are not blocked as often and they're also not blocked as often while like creatures in this format will find themselves not blocked and attacking an opponent that is tapped out or tapped low. So I think it's pretty realistic to play this card for the whole fancy schmancy. Haha, I got you. I've returned my, you know, rogue and I'm now getting your stuff. But the best part is you don't like you're not pushed into doing that. You could just flash this EOT to just be like, all right, I guess uh, I'll tap out to try and do this thing at your end step. And also people in Highlander still don't respect combat tricks so one of the times they will they will elect to try to kill your creatures is before damage after blockers and having done this a bunch with fallen shinobi and the other ninjas like you'll be able to save creatures and get them like the full meal deal (laughs) save your creature and get them it slices it dices yeah yeah this card this card's gonna win some games i like it yeah can we go back to you sharn for a second it says players can't pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast spells or activated abilities. Okay. Does that mean they can't activate fetch lands? If a spell or activated ability has a cost that requires a payer to play life, such as the activated ability granted by whatever, or sacrifice a permanent, that spell or ability can't be cast or activated. You're wondering where the comma is if the pay life affects fetch lands? Players can't pay life or sack non-land permanents to cast spells. Yeah, I, sh- I should it- know this. I've just been staring at it for like the past... 10 minutes and I'm and I, I my brain if just a spell or activated ability has a cost well it's it's an or right and so there is an ability I think I think it I think it shuts off fetch lands here I think it does because of the pay life part yeah I think because the pay life part isn't attached to non-land right yeah it's or no I, I think you're right I think that shuts off fetch lands so it shuts wow. off fetch lands that you have to pay pay life you can you can do it with with a like fabled passage but like my brain hasn't you know adopted to a lot of the new cards it's like no nah, fetch lands cost you life dog that's that's what they do, do you, does that change your opinion on the pig 
I definitely said that you couldn't, but I, th- I it doesn't. But I think it does shut off fetch lands, which makes this card much better than I thought it was. And oh, I'm yeah. definitely going to play it. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that is going to do it for our three-part Zendikar Rising set review. As always, if you think we missed anything, please let us know in the comments down below. A reminder, this podcast is brought to you by you with your support of the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Also, that's not your style. Reminder, you can also support us through YouTube subscriptions. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Serge, joined by Jer and Wheeler, and we will see you next time. Bye.